You're listening to King's Court's Message of the Week from King's Court Church in Kingston, Ontario. For more information, please visit our website, www.kingscourtfmc.com. As I said earlier, I'm going to do some things I've done. I'm going to say some things I've said, not to be repetitive, but because I believe that we would do well to hear them again. Every year we hear the story of Jesus' coming as a babe born in a manger. Today we're going to reflect on verse 10 from the book of Luke chapter 2, which says, Do not be afraid, for I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For I am bringing you good news of great joy. This morning on the third Sunday of Advent, we celebrate joy. We rejoice in the beautiful reality that 2,000 years ago, Jesus came from heaven down to earth as a baby born in a manger so that we could know and experience his love and his joy, so that his joy could be in us and our joy could be complete. Are you filled this morning with the joy that Jesus brings? The joy that Jesus brings, not to be confused or mistaken for the joy that Jesus brought. Advent is not the celebration of a past event, but the celebration of a present and future reality. Do you understand the difference? Let me explain. 2,000 years ago, a wee, I'm guessing, eight pound, three ounce baby boy named Jesus was born in a manger, and that brought great joy to all who shared in that blessed event. The birth of babies are always surrounded with joy. I have three friends who will be having babies in the coming year. Two of my dear friends just had babies. I have one friend who's having twin boys, another friend who's having a girl, and another one who I'm telling her she's having a girl. Great joy has been brought to their families. Great joy is engulfed in our circle of friends at the thought and at the experience of the birth of these babies. Each year, we commemorate the birth of Jesus. Just as each year we commemorate the birth of loved ones in our lives. I often hear parents exclaim that the day their children were born was the happiest, most joyful day of their lives. And I'm pretty sure that's true because I don't often hear them saying it was their 12th birthday. Yes, yes, it was the 12th birthday of my child that brought me the greatest joy. With Jesus, I think it's different. Of course there was joy surrounding his birth, but the joy of his birth 2,000 years ago pales in comparison to the joy that I experienced when I accepted him into my heart, when I accepted him as my Savior and Lord. And every year since that day, when I made him my savior, when I invited him into my heart, every year my joy increases. 
The joy is not complete in his birth. The joy is complete in the fulfillment of the promises of God, which is in part his birth, but complete in his death, in his resurrection, and in his coming return. The joy of Jesus is fulfilled not simply by his coming into the world. The joy of Jesus is fulfilled by his coming into our hearts. So it's not only about the joy that Jesus brought to those surrounding his birth 2,000 years ago. It's about the joy that Jesus brings to all his people, to all who choose to receive and rejoice in the salvation he offers and all the benefits he brings to them. Are you actively, daily experiencing the joy of Jesus, the joy of salvation? If you're not, my first question to you is, do you know Jesus? Not simply the stories of Jesus, not the cute plaster white nativity scene Jesus, not the eight pound, three ounce born in a manger Jesus. Do you know the baby that grew to be a man who for the sake of joy, took upon himself the punishment for your sins, the punishment of death, so that you might be forgiven, so that you can know joy and joy in the full. A joy that cannot be taken from you, a joy that penetrates your heart. If you find yourself living a life void of everlasting joy, void of this unspeakable joy, then perhaps you have not truly met the real joy giver, Jesus. Because trust me, when you come to know Jesus, you will want nothing else but to be in relationship with him, to know the joy that Jesus brings. When I surrendered my life to the Lord, I experienced a joy I had never experienced before. And more than this, I continue to live with a joy that permeates my soul, a joy that is impervious to circumstance. Now don't get me wrong, I'm not always happy about my circumstances. And yet there is still always this undercurrent of joy that strengthens me, that encourages me, that leads me through even the unhappy circumstances of life. A joy that impassions me to want to serve the Lord and others. A joy that sustains me even through the rough times of church. A joy that sustains me even through the rough times of life. A joy that fuels my passion for more of God. A joy that more than once has left me breathless as I share with others the good news of what God has done in my life. God has saved my life. He's redeemed my life. He's transformed my life from drugs and alcohol and promiscuity. And it all began 2,000 years ago in the gift of Jesus, born as a baby in a manger. But it continues today in me because I've entered into a personal relationship with Christ. And so he is my hope, he is my peace, and he is my joy. He is my savior, he is my God, and he is my king. And my joy will continue to grow, ushering me into eternity. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Do you got it? If you got it, good. And if you don't, then get it because it's here for the taking. Jesus is offering you this joy. He is offering you new life. He is offering you himself. And what does he ask for in return? What does this gift exchange look like? All he asks is for you to live joyfully 
for you to live the abundant life that he has prepared for you, a life of joy, unwrapping every good and perfect gift that he has for you by walking in his will and ways. Now, anyone who knows me well can tell you that, and I've said it before, and you'll affirm that it's true, I am nothing special. And I often joke, and I often say that God loves all of you, but I'm his favorite. But that's not theologically accurate. It's one of the things my master's degree is teaching me. That's not true. This unspeakable joy is not reserved for God's favorites because God doesn't have favorites. This unspeakable joy is not reserved for a select few or an elect few. Jesus did not reserve his joy for just the elite. He does not pick and choose who and how much joy to give out. In fact, the angels declared that there was great joy for who? For all people who would receive him. So why is it then that there seems to be so many Christians walking around joyless? People who love Jesus, people who know Jesus loves them, but who are living joy-sap lives. I've used this illustration before and I'll use it again. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? I got the joy. Yeah, you know it. You know it. You could sing it. You know it. That song, that cute, campy song would not get out of my head for days. Whenever I think about joy, that song pops into my head. And I've come to learn that when something like that happens, there's a reason for it. And I know the reason for it because I've preached on it before. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart down in my heart to stay. Huh. Christians have the joy all right, but it's hidden so deep. It's covered by so much of life's circumstances and stresses and busyness and annoyances and hurts and woundedness that I think it sometimes has a hard time reaching the surface of our spirits. It's as if in that song, Christians are proclaiming that they got the joy of Jesus in their hearts And the world is asking, where? Oh, it's in our hearts. Where? Because we don't see it. We see you walking around with a scowl on your face, grumpy and sad, frustrated and mad. And yet you say, I got the joy of my heart and we ask where, and you say, oh, it's down there. Where is this joy you speak of when you have to wait longer than you care to in traffic? Where is this joy you speak of when you're in a line and the cashier is taking too long and making mistakes and needing to get price checks? Where is this joy you speak of when you're hospitalized? Where is the joy you claim gives you hope when you're facing life's trials and tribulations? Oh, it's down in my heart. I mean, I think it is. I'm sure it is. It just perhaps is settled at the bottom. If this is you, if you're someone who loves Jesus, who knows Jesus loves you, who has entered into a life-saving relationship with him, but the circumstances of your life are making it difficult for you to experience the joy of Jesus, for that joy to rise up from the bottom of your heart and exude from you, let me say this. You're not alone. I know things are not easy. 
All I have to do is look around this world to see just how difficult things are. Evil seems to be on the rise. Pick up the newspaper, read the headlines, go on Facebook. Evil seems to be growing in intensity. It's more pervasive today than ever before. Terrorism looms. Wars are still being fought. Natural disasters. Bullying has become an epidemic. Things are bad. And we can spend hours focusing on just how bad things are, but do not be deceived. Even as evil and the kingdom of darkness seems to be growing, so is the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is growing stronger and stronger every day. So let us refocus on Jesus and remember how much better things are getting. 20 years ago, one out of every six people on this planet had no access to clean drinking water. Today, it's one out of 12. The situation has improved 100%. I used to be able to say that while you were sleeping last night, 45,000 children died of either starvation or diseases related to malnutrition. I can't say that anymore. I say 30,000 children died of starvation or diseases related to malnutrition. And you say, well, that's still terrible. That's still ugly. And it is. But there's a big difference between 45,000 and 30,000. And the church of Jesus Christ has been largely responsible for that change feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, reach it out to all the far corners of the world, bringing hope where there was no hope and joy where there was no joy. So we can rejoice even in the midst of our struggles. We can rejoice even in the midst of seemingly darkness because there is a light shining. It is the light of Christ, amen? Amen. We can rejoice because the Lord has come and through his people, things are changing, amen? We can rejoice And as we do, may the joy of Jesus rise from the depths of our heart and overflow from us again. I know things are not easy. Christianity seems to be on the back burner. You don't often see Charlie Brown Christmas specials anymore where Christ is proclaimed with such intensity. Nativity scenes aren't allowed to be put up in public squares anymore. You're not allowed, well, they don't want you to say Merry Christmas when you're working at a checkout counter. Even students have been suspended and employees threatened with losing their jobs for saying Merry Christmas. Jesus, the reason for the season is being lost amongst the mass marketing and media frenzy. And as a result, I think some Christians are responding in fear, demanding their rights, throwing tantrums in department stores until the non-Christian clerks will wish them a Merry Christmas, afraid that somehow the world will be able to remove Christ. I once heard somebody saying, it stuck with me, I wish we would worry less about keeping Christ in Christmas and worry more about keeping Christ in the Christian. I'd wish we worry less about keeping Christ in Christmas and the Christians would worry more about keeping Christ in the Christian. Let us refocus on the night of Jesus' birth when angels sang out, do not be afraid. Let us remember that Jesus overcame the world. Let us rejoice for the world may be able to remove the Merry Christmas greeting from the world's celebrations, but they can't remove Christ from me. The world cannot take away my joy. It may get worse before it gets better. And that doesn't really seem like a reason for joy, but... It is, because it has to get worse before it gets better. His word says so. And as much as I hate to see these things come to fruition, I know that there are better days ahead of us. And the worse it gets, the closer his kingdom comes. Amen? Amen. 
So may the joy of Jesus rise from the depths of our hearts and overflow once again. I know things are not easy. Some of you have experienced hurt and disappointments that I can probably never begin to fathom. Some of you have lost loved ones, and Christmas without them is painful. For many, Christmas is not the happiest time of the year. Most run themselves ragged with shopping, mailing Christmas cards, decorating, cooking, and entertaining. Some find it the loneliest time of the year. In fact, as I've mentioned before, the suicide rate is the highest between the Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's season. And still others don't really look forward to the thought of spending time with their family over the holidays. For far too many, Christmas is not red and green, it's deep blue sadness. And I think it's no coincidence that the first Christmas came to people who struggled with their own sorrows and depression. The shepherds were, in many ways, the lost sheep of their time. They were low class. They had no legal or spiritual status. They spent all their time with this sheep. But it was to these men who that night, when they were watching their sheep, sharing with each other their hopes and their dreams for the coming Messiah, that a host of angels swept across the sky with glad tidings. And in a light and sound show like no other, they began singing, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And God continues to encourage us. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will help you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you shall wear. Cast all your anxieties upon God because he cares for you. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Do not be afraid because Jesus has come to replace that fear with joy in our lives. Paul summed up the goal of his whole ministry like this. For the advancement and the joy of your faith. That was his ministry. That was the whole purpose of his ministry, for the advancement and joy of your faith. And he told the Philippians and the Thessalonians, rejoice always. And again, I will say rejoice. Always? Yes. Not without tears of grief and pain, but still joyful. Because we don't want to oversimplify this. In this world, you will have troubles. And it's not wrong to cry. The Bible tells us to weep with those who weep. But there is a joy that is rooted in God's love, that is never overcoming his children. For all people, for every generation, regardless of status or sickness, regardless of finances or position, regardless of what you have done or has what been done to you, the gospel of joy is available to you. And some of us remember this song, a song of joy that promises us better things to come. And it's a joy that does not depend upon our circumstances. It's a joy that is solidly centered in Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord. And may the joy of Jesus rise from the depths of our heart and overflow from us once again. I know things are not easy, but I know that there is a God who can sustain me and that brings me joy. I know things are not easy, but I know that Jesus can restore you to the joy of your salvation and that he can uphold you with a willing spirit. May the joy of Jesus rise up from the depths of our hearts and overflow from us again. 
When people see us walking down the street, may they say, that must be a Christian. Look at the smile on their face. Those Christians are always smiling. They're always filled with joy. I don't understand how they have joy in the midst of those circumstances they're facing. That must be a child of God. Perhaps another reason some Christians struggle with experiencing the great gospel of joy is because they've been deceived. They think Jesus is great. As a savior, he's wonderful. But his ways, his will, they're stifling. Instead of bringing joy, they think that Jesus is a great killjoy. And so they reason, and I've had Christians tell me this. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to enjoy the pleasures, the joys of sins now. And when I'm too old to enjoy sin's pleasures, then I'll walk with Jesus. This way I'll have joy on earth and I'll have joy in heaven. And they've been deceived. They can't see that Jesus is the way to true joy. In spite of the sacrifices and the difficulties and the duties and the trials and the tribulations that Christians will face, that Christians will experience, sometimes precisely because they're Christians, there is still great joy in following his will, in walking in his ways, a joy that surpasses everything else the world can offer. If you've been deceived into thinking that Jesus is a great savior, but the almighty killjoy, if you've come to learn firsthand as I did that the joy the world offers is fleeting at best, leaving scars and gaping wounds, if you want to experience healing and the incomparable joy of Jesus, then repent. Refocus your heart, not on the things of the world, but on the things of God, remembering that he loves you and that he keeps no good gifts from his children and that he wants the very best for you, that he has plans and purposes greater for you than anything you've begun to imagine. Test and see that his ways are not stifling. They're protective. They are the way to the abundant life that he has promised you. And you can rejoice knowing that his grace is sufficient for you, that he is quick to forgive as you repent, that the angels rejoice when you repent. And may the joy of Jesus rise from the depths of your heart and overflow from you once again. And as we prepare to come to a close this morning, I want you to remember the object lesson we did with the children. They demonstrate what takes some of us a long time to realize. Our joy is only complete when we share it with others. Sure, you have joy, but as the song says, it's down in your heart, down in your heart to stay. I say, don't let the joy of Jesus stay hidden down in your heart. Share it with others and see your joy multiplied. Sharing what we have with others is a sure sign that we understand that the joy of being God's people is not something we can just keep for ourselves. Joy spills over in doing joyful things. There's an old cliche that says, no man is an island unto himself. And perhaps that truth is most evident at Christmas. We most naturally turn to friends and family, frequently traveling great distances just to be together. Something deep within us wants to share special times with special people. We weren't created to be alone. And that becomes extra clear at Christmas. And that's what makes Christmas so extra special to those who have lost loved ones, but also extra sad to those who don't have loved ones. For those who are alone or have lost special loved ones in the recent past, Christmas magnifies the emptiness and loneliness they feel all year long. 
loved ones, if related to us or not, are what make the holiday what it is. Try celebrating Christmas alone. Stay by yourself for the month of December. You'll have more time to prepare, but what are you preparing for? Joy that isn't shared isn't fully experienced because that's the way God made us, to be in relationship. We need each other to share our happiness as well as to burden our sorrows. Because God became man and connected with us, we celebrate his birth by connecting with others. And when you think about it, it's a little taste of heaven here on earth. God is gonna reunite us all in heaven. We're all gonna be gathered together so that we can share the greatest celebration, the most complete joy, and the total pleasure that heaven will be. And we won't celebrate alone. Together we're going to celebrate the joy of Jesus for all eternity. So let us enjoy Christmas by connecting with others, because it's a small taste of what eternity is going to be like. It's my prayer that each of us gathered here this morning will experience what I've experienced, and to a greater degree than what I've experienced, that you'll experience the joy of his, of his salvation, that you'll enter into a personal relationship with Christ, that you will find no joy that will complete you, no joy that will last, except the joy of knowing Jesus. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all the other things will take care of themselves. If you want to experience more joy, true joy, surrender to Jesus who loved you so much that he came into the world, a baby, born in a feeding trough, who grew to be a man, though still divine, who took upon himself your punishment for your sins so that he could be your savior, so that he could be in relationship with you. He wants to fill your heart with overflowing joy. I pray that each of you will know in ever-increasing measure the joy of Jesus. I pray that when we come across those who are struggling in the midst of their circumstances to find their joy, that those of us who call on the joy of Jesus would speak cheerful words to their discouraged souls. And I pray that joyful laughter would multiply among us like wire coat hangers or single socks from the dryer or rabbits or all the other things that seem to multiply. Let us worship as we're reminded of the good news that the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our God and he shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you that you are God and that you are in control and that we can have joy knowing that you reign, that we can have joy knowing that your spirit reigns in us. Lord, help us to walk this earth with a smile on our face and a joy exuding from our hearts. Lord, we don't want the joy, joy, joy to be down in our hearts. We want the joy, joy, joy to be filling every place, every crevice, every crack of every place you take us, Lord. Lord, may we be known by our love, but may we be known by our joy. Father, for those who are in times of sadness, who those are in times of mourning, who those who are lonely this Christmas, help us to share the joy of Jesus with them. Help us to be your hands and your feet and your heart and lips, that nobody would be alone this Christmas, God. In Jesus' name, amen.